Welcome to Behind the Band, a podcast where we're all about helping you grow your music career. We do that by talking with really awesome artists and people from the industry. Hey, my name is David Ryan Olson. I am from Evergreen Records. We are a production company that is dedicated to helping you grow. Sometimes that means in the studio, and then sometimes that means outside of the studio with things like this podcast. So real excited for our conversation today. We have a great band called O9. They are unique in the sense that they don't have a singer of their band, despite being a band band. <laughs> so they have leaned into collaborating with other singers from, you know, all different parts of the music scene. So we are going to dive into that conversation talking about, well, how do you even have a band without a singer? How do you use collaboration as a tool for growing and networking and all of that fun stuff? It was real fun to be able to hear this conversation with these guys. And turns out EJ, his last name is Olson too. So maybe we're long lost cousins or something. So that was fun to get to know him. Real quick before we do, just want to invite you to join our new community. We have put this together because we believe that getting together with fellow artists, talking about what's going on, about life, about music, about business is super, super critical for success. Not just in general, but also especially during the season where we're starting to look ahead to, well, what does the world look like now that we're maybe going to be opening up soon? <laughs> maybe getting back to shows. We think community is just going to be super, super critical for this next season of the music industry. So would love for you to sign up for our community of supportive artists. Just go to evergreenrecords.com community to sign up for that. But now let's just go ahead and jump in today with our conversation with O9. All right, EJ, Chancellor from 09. How are you guys doing? Hey, what's up? Stoked to be here, Mr. Olson. It is good to meet you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to be in the same room with Olson and Olson. <laughs> we'll call this Olson and Olson and Associates. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. The joke here is that my name is David Ryan Olson. This is EJ Olson, but we digress. With an O, O-N. The correct way to, to say it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or spell it, I guess. But anyway, super glad you guys are here. Would love just to kind of jump in and have you guys share your story. That's broad. <laughs> yeah. Start at the very, very beginning. The very beginning. There is a beginning. Yeah. My parents got together in 1991. <laughs> no, uh, Chance, we met in, what was it, seventh grade? Well, we technically met in fifth grade at Trout Creek Bible Camp. However, we didn't hang a whole lot. I didn't like you. <laughs> and then... It's true. <laughs> seventh grade came around, and I went to camp with no friends, and EJ was there again. He was stuck with me this time. And this time I said, well, at least I remember this guy, but... EJ from fifth grade to seventh grade, what a transformation. Fifth grade, EJ was, he had the kind of crew, like the wannabe faux hawk kind of like, <laughs> I, dude, he had this funky haircut. This sounds like the late 2000s, right? <laughs> or mid 2000s. I think this was seventh grade we met and then we reconnected in high school. Maybe that's what it was. So that, that growth from middle school to high school, a lot happens in those three years, all right? <laughs> you had an insane, like, front word. I don't know if you call them a skullet or what it, whatever it is, where it just really waterfalls 
over the front of your face. <laughs> I was a weirdo, dude. With the black nails and he lived with a straightener in his back pocket, <laughs> which I gave him so much shit for. But then we became close friends. And then I had a straightener in my back pocket and couldn't go anywhere without it either. So, <laughs> so you know, you know what it was? Obviously, we were a couple of weirdos who were too old to be going to church camp. And we connected that way. But I remember it, there was a there was a live music hall or whatever, and there was a drum kit and some guitars, and they're like, yeah, you can play. And I remember being like, oh, I'm a drummer. And Chance is like, I'm a guitar player. And the first thing Chance said to me is, I bet you I'm a better drummer than you. <laughs> That's the first thing? Oh, man. <laughs> I remember this so well. That's like the first thing when I said, I'm a drummer. We should jam. I bet you I'm a better drummer than you. And we, we had a little jam sesh. And that was kind of that was kind of the beginning of the end, as they say. I am sorry for how cocky I was, <laughs> especially at church camp. <laughs> but obviously, at some point, you start doing a little bit more music together. Were you in bands together in high school, or, or what was that like? I remember the first time we got together after camp. You know, you're swapping numbers at the end of the week, and you're like, "Call me, man. We'll jam." And I remember the first time we got together, and. Uh, it was a it was an awful disaster. I don't know how you decided to keep coming out to my place to keep jamming, but yeah, we ended up starting a band called We Were Zombies when we were 14, 15. <laughs> that sounds about right. And your crazy addict? Yeah, we had yeah, I had this attic we had all set up. Yeah, and uh, we just kind of played around Portland, you know, shout out to the Satiricon and some of those old old places, the Branks and stuff like that, but yeah, and then we kind of went our separate ways musically. By 09, we kind of did our own thing. I was in a band called Aileen, and he was in a band called Splash Attack. But our bands played shows together. I mean, every weekend we were out playing shows. So yeah, it was a good old time. Yeah. So you kind of go in your separate ways. You have other bands that I take it didn't last. That's correct. <laughs> what was the, the process of... Uh, reuniting the good old buddies from church camp to join forces for a, for a new band. I was playing in another group called Strangers in Advance. We were working on our second EP and the first EP Justin actually played lead guitar on and when we were going into the second record we said well we want to write as much as we can before we go into the studio so there, there are no surprises right and so we said well Let's see if we can find someone to bring in. And I, I told my buddy at the time, I said, I know a guy. He's great. Let's see if he's down. And so he hired Chance to co-write and play leads on this EP. And I do you remember how crazy that was? We like wrote like six songs in like a month and then tracked everything in a week. It was a nightmare. <laughs> but we got to the end of this process and we said, why don't we just do this? But like for ourselves, you know? We're doing this other thing for this other guy. Let's do our own thing, you know? It was sweet because I it had been years since EJ and I did anything musically together. So it was kind of like, a, oh, yeah, I remember how much fun it is to play music with your best friend, you know? And and so after that, yeah, EJ said, hey, you know, what, what's stopping us from just, like, writing the song we want to write? And I said nothing. So we just went into Justin's with like one single. Let's just say, Hey, let's just see how one song goes. Let's just test the waters. Let's just do one song and see what happens. Let's just see what happens. And we went in and to record paranoid, which was our first single. And 
You know, I, I, that definitely got us hooked. I, I was stoked on the way it came out. EJ was stoked. I, I think both of us kind of maybe think that's like still our best song. I don't know. I I still think that could be our best song, which is hilarious. Definitely my favorite song. But that's, you know, it's like what that song means to us, you know. You know, it's funny about like our whole thing, which is we don't have a, a singer, right? We don't have a front person. We have someone new sing each different song. We had kind of kicked around this idea of like, well, what if we just collaborate with a few different people and see what happens? And then we said, no, you know what? Chance, you should sing this song. We started the band and kind of went into this thinking Chance was just going to kind of be our singer and we were just going to have some fun and play around. And I don't know what, I don't know what happened. What last minute we said, well, let's call, let's call Jamie. Let's see if Jamie's free. And so that was kind of how the whole thing was born. You know, we kind of just said, we know talented people. Why aren't we talking with them? You know, and then that spiraled and here we are 12 singers later, you know? (laughs) But so was there like a conscious effort to say like, we're not going to add a singer because like most people, when they start writing some songs and they're like, well, we want this to be, you know, some sort of band or even if it's just a recording project, they'll say, okay, well, okay, we have, we have drums and guitar, but now we need bass and vocals and maybe keys or or whatever. Was that ever just a conversation? Definitely was, you know, like, like I said, it was initially, we were kind of torn between like, you know, well, should we just do this ourselves and just do the two-piece thing and and see what Chance can bring? Because Chance, you've sung before and you wrote a lot, you know, a lot of the the vocal stuff for this record and for your old band. So that was the sort of initial idea. And then and then I remember saying, you know, well, why don't we call so and so? And then that sort of spiraled into like, well, if we're gonna call one of our really talented singer friends, why don't we call the other ones? <laughs> and so it just sort of happened quickly like that and it really was like we we kind of took it single by single we said let's just start let's do one song with jamie and see how it goes and it was awesome we loved it and then yeah we had just had a list like i said of of really really awesome people that we know that we've played with it kind of fit the vision too i mean so we called it 09 and that's in reference to 2009 which is both a nod to the era the genres at that time also a nod to our history as friends you know 2009 was like a really fun year for us playing shows being out like every week and crappy venues and having a good time but yeah also having a different singer each song just kind of further lent into the kind of like just a celebration of like what brought us up musically like the singers that have come on this record are the singers that we listened to in 2009 and the fact that they're on this record is just like, well, one, it's we're always like freaking out that they're on it. But also it's just like, yeah, like this really just kind of puts a cap on the bottle of like just that era and like what we remember about it. And it, it's like a cool way to, you know, pay homage to the music that brought us up, but present it in a way that's like with today's technology and today's production and just make it as good as we could. Yeah, it's very much about for me, honoring a time where like music was the only really good thing in our lives and was the thing that it's what we did and that was our passion and that drove us forward. And so is it's very much about like using that as our mantra and taking that and trying to keep that same level of like, why are we making this music? Like we're not trying to be a certain way. We're not trying to sell to a certain 
audience or a certain market. We're just we're just making what we want to make. And like Chance said, having the different singers lets us not only play with like different pockets of the genre in ways that maybe you couldn't before if you were trying to keep something really, you know, tonally like consistent, one singer, whatever. But it also just lets us like like you said, you know, it's a celebration for us, man. It's it's trying to have that fun again playing music, um, making something that we love for only that reason, really. And the fact that it's kind of spiral I use the term spiral because it feels like it just it just happens so quickly, right? But yeah, that's that's sort of our ethos, I guess, is just honoring a time where like there was no BS. You know, we were just kids having fun playing music, you know? I think that's super important for anyone to have success in music is to, I mean, like approach it seriously in the sense that you take the craft and the business seriously, but also not get like, you know, too wound up. Because if you're like obsessing over every little thing and you're not having fun, like that's going to show. And people aren't going to be able to connect with something that is completely void of emotion. Sure. I think it's one of the lessons we kind of took away from this. And Chance, I'll, I I don't want to speak for you, but when you look back at a time like, you know, 09, right? And that era, I think you, you it's easy to look back at it with rose-colored glasses and you forget how much work you really were putting in. And so now we're diving into an album. We had to sort of orient ourselves and be like, all right, we want to have fun and we want to like make the music we want to make, but holy shit, this is a lot of work. <laughs> and the more it grew and the more people we're working with and dealing with, it's just, it makes your head spin. And so you kind of have to ground yourself and say, all right, why are we doing this? And kind of try to stick to that. Cause it, it gets, it can get overwhelming, you know? And, and yeah, it, it, it's been a good reminder that, okay, not everything is fun all the time, but it's always rewarding. It's always worth it and something we love doing. Something you said was super cool is that when you were just talking about like, well, who's going to sing on this? And you you said, well, we know all these super talented singers, so why don't we just have one of them do it? I think that that's super rad because oftentimes people have kind of pride about like, well... You know, they're great, but we're going to do our own thing because we want to do our own thing. And when, you know, you're, you're approaching it from from more of like a humble place of like, no, we just want to make rad music and these people can sing. So let's do that. Dude, there is no one on this record where I haven't been like, dude, we get to work with this person. <laughs> it's like a privilege. And even going back to that first studio session like two years ago, working with Jamie. And I know Jamie was in a band with Chancellor back in the day. But I'm like, dude, that was the most fun I've ever had just in a room working on music with people, you know? And we've had so many of those experiences along the way. And obviously the pandemic sort of shifted things in the last year. It's a lot more working remotely and driving up just for, a, you know, a single session or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's like we get to make cool stuff with people who are so much cooler than us. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's a privilege, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What has it been like trying to get these people even on the songs in the first place? Because I know people are almost scared to reach out to people to collaborate on stuff. Or even on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, the people who have no fear get left on red all the time. So can you share a little bit about that experience of what was that even like just trying to bring people into the fold? 
I know initially, I'll let you kind of take this chance. Initially, Chance was the one that kind of knew a lot of these people, you know, a lot better than I did, you know, some of the early singers. And so he kind of spearheaded that, Chris and Jamie and Andrew, you know. And initially it was, it was just reaching out to buddies, right? Yeah. And then those, we realized we only had so many friends and we wanted to make a lot more songs. So it got a little more complicated after that. (laughs) To say the least. We decided that EJ is better at communicating with his words when it comes to just like cold outreaching (laughs) to people. So sometimes it was like digging for a manager contact. Sometimes it was just a cold, you know, message on Instagram. We were lucky that, so we did, we did four songs, right? And then as we sort of started looking at like, who do we want to collaborate with, right? We kind of have like the, who do we know? Who do we really want to work with? And then you kind of have like the dream, the list of like dream collaborations, right? Of like, this would never happen, but we would love to kind of thing. You know, we had a, we had a mutual buddy uh, with Maddie. Maddie Mullins for the record. Yeah. And we said, screw it. Let's just reach out to him and just say, hey man, we have these songs. We, we sent him a handful of songs. We said, this is who we are. It's what we do. If you're into it, come sing our stuff, dude. Was this through the mutual contact or like, how did that work? Initially, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, so Chris Ratzlaff, who is in Fallstar, they've been around for, you know, last 10, 12, I don't know how many years, but they used to tour with, you know, Memphis Mayfire. And just from being on like Face Down's record label, like he just befriended Maddie along the way. So they like hit each other up still to this day and have stayed connected. So I was like, Chris, you know, so after we wrapped our single with Chris, I said, Hey man, like you you should just like give us Maddie's number so we can hit him up. He didn't do that, by the way. He didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Which is good. Which is good. Don't worry, guys. Chris isn't handing out your information. (laughs) He reached out to Maddie and just said, Hey, I have some buddies. And then we got a contact for him through his, his agent. And then, yeah, then we linked up with him and kind of the rest is history. You know, I'll say like, dude, Maddie was an absolute stud. Like he, he came in, he was super chill. He was into the, the project. He killed the track for us. And I think we kind of have to credit, credit him and credit like that song for like, I think giving some legitimacy to like what we're doing, you know, and it ma- that made it easier to pitch to other artists who see, like not only, okay, you guys have some cool tunes, but you have some people kind of putting their weight behind it and doing a feature like that. And so, dude, after that, it was honestly like, who do we want to work with? And let's just cold call some people. You know, you hit you hit the Instagram DMs. You, you say, you introduce yourself. You say, that's what we do. We'd love to talk with you. Um, yeah, again, a few mutual buddies getting an agent's contact and just kind of shotgun blasting and just saying, who's interested? And we'll kind of go from there. I will say... Our dirty little secret, one of our, I actually think a lot of the singers that we have on the record now are on this website called Featured X, which is a website where you can submit a song for an artist to do a feature on. And that rolled out early in the pandemic. So Cove Reber is on is on our record. We reached out to him through this website initially. And I think, like I said, all the other guys who we ended up getting a hold of are now on that website. But that was a good resource just because, you, you know, I would encourage other artists to check it out. It's, I think it was a perfect thing. Like the pandemic hit artists aren't touring a way to connect with other musicians and, and 
So that was that was a good resource early where we got a hold of a guy like Cove. Yeah, making lemons or making making lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, with uh, with everybody kind of stuck at home, not quite sure what to do. That had to have been part of it working out too. I mean, nobody's touring and it was like the perfect storm. We're like, wow, what? I mean, all these guys are sitting at home as it is, not playing shows. So perfect time to, you know, reach out, you know, throw a line and be like, hey, how would you feel about hopping on this song? And like, and, and like, honestly, like, you know, it, it was a song that anytime we pitched a song to them, it was a full demo. There was always a full uh, structured out vocals. So there was lyrics, there was melodies, you know, they just had to come in and perform. And hence, if they wanted to make it their own, we were like, hey, yeah, by all means. But, you know, we wanted to accommodate as best as we could being, you know, it was already asking a lot for having them come on board. But then I think just like having a launching pad for them to build off vocally was make it all the more doable for them. So, yeah, it, it definitely worked out. It's tough to like approach a guy and say like, hey, I'm in a band you've never heard of. <laughs> You want to write a song with me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. They they get asked, these artists get asked this every day of the week, right? Someone is, hey man, you want to sing on my band song? You know? So like, like, like Chance said, it was the perfect like confluence of like the pandemic hit, guys are sitting at home. Some of the guys we reached out to wouldn't probably have ever even read our DM, you know, if they were on tour or whatever. So, so yeah, we, we, like you said, we, we made lemonade when life gave us those lemons and yeah, early on, it was very much like we, Chancellor and Justin, and I wrote, we wrote everything, we demoed everything, and we were kind of just pitching fully, you know, mixed packages to these guys and saying, hey, if you like this, you want to perform it. But as we went on, we were able to like get a hold of some guys, you know, Kellen Quinn, Corey Brandon, who wanted to write with us. And that was very much a collaboration going back and forth, sending riffs, sending vocal ideas, lyrics, and... You know, it's interesting working with guys who are spread all, all across the country and working strictly remotely, but because, you know, anyone can come in, right? And and say, like, yeah, I can, I'll take what you did. I, I just get want to get a quick paycheck or whatever and just sing what you did. But for, like, guys to come in and either take what we did and really put their spin on it to make it theirs, you know, that's awesome. And then for some of these guys to come in and, and, and really dig what we're doing and see the vision for it and want to actually write something with us so that the, the end result is very honest to what we do and to what they do, you know? That's been insane. How did you actually get them invested? I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, of course, we pay everybody <laughs> for their time, of course. But I, I will say every time that I have been a part of hiring like someone to be on a feature or, or whatever, it's been... Sometimes it's been difficult to get them to, you know, really want to make the song their own, really like, you know, care about promoting it after the fact, like, you know, all, all that type of stuff. Was there anything you did to maybe, you know, kind of get them to be bros or, or, or whatever, you know, so that they'd feel more invested than just doing their three takes and getting their check? You know, I wish I could, you know, reveal our secret sauce here, but I don't think there is one. I think it really just comes down to like the stuff that Chance and Justin are, are writing. You know, when I, I send these artists the lyrics, I'm probably too thorough where it comes to like, hey, here's like what I've got written and here's what the song is about. And so I try to give them as much information as possible 
so that they can really see the vision for the song, you know, musically and like tonally as far as the lyrical content. And so I like to think that helps, you know, it's not just like, here's, here's a stem, copy this, send it back, you know, you know, I like to think that maybe that has helped guys kind of see the vision for stuff and, and want to be committed. And everyone we've worked with, man, has, I mean, they've killed it. Like, or I should say everyone who's on the record. <laughs> There are a couple of singers that we won't name that we got pretty far down the road with that didn't make the record. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's part of the process, though, man. Like, we, we hit at a certain point and we just said, you know, we can force this and put out a song that's, like, maybe fine. But there are times where we, we realize, like, this singer isn't into it and this doesn't feel like them or their heart's not in it. And it's like, you know what? If we want this album and these songs to be the best they can be... Like we just have to move on from those people, and and we had to make those some of those decisions early on, which was it was really tough at the time, but the record is a lot better for it, you know, sticking with some of the guys that that really committed, and you know, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to go back and just kind of point something out in terms of the people who just kind of you know hit up all these artists' DMs and you know just get sent to spam or or whatever. You had a little bit of an in because you were already, you know, cool with, you know, people they knew or friends of friends or whatever. So it's not like you were just like siloed off doing your thing and then cold DMing everybody like right at first. You had a little bit of an in. And so I don't know how to necessarily ask this because there's not really a formula for it. But like, you know, how how do you nurture some of those relationships or early on? It's kind of a like you have to be in the right place in the right time, right? Where you have friends from high school that lead to friends, you know, in music. Just, yeah. What are your thoughts on on forming some of those relationships? You know, there isn't a formula to it. And this is something that we talked about. This We were very conscientious of, like, early on. Not that we thought we would ever be working with some of these artists, but that was always sort of in the back of our minds of, like, well, if we keep doing these songs, do we reach out to some of these other people? And we were very conscientious early on of, like, we need to build something organically and not worry about that. Like that doesn't, that doesn't matter. If that That's an eventuality that like probably will never come to fruition. So let's just focus on the songs and working with the people we know and love. And we did that. So I think that growth was sort of natural. And when we decided to start reaching out to people, I will say it's been like a, a real lesson in patience. Like we've been left unread by several people that we would kill to work with. And it's like, you know what? You don't, don't blow someone up be patient. Some of these guys are busy dudes. If they're into it, they'll get back to you. Sometimes that takes six weeks. Sometimes you'll never hear back. It's just, you have to be as honest as possible, be as concise as possible, and just hope you can make those connections, you know? And I think, like you said, yeah, we we were lucky that we know some cool people and we made some really cool stuff with them. And so we're, we're like grateful for that, you know, that that was definitely uh, in our favor as we started to pursue more and more artists and more music but there's no formula man you just got to be honest you just gotta you just gotta be real with people and and some people are into it some people aren't what's that saying in basketball or or sports in general i guess they're like never get too high never get too low man <laughs> you know you take you take the l's and you hope for a win you know you and you, you put the work in for it there's also definitely uh you know maybe like 30 or 40 percent well, we got nothing to lose, so it doesn't hurt to ask. And and I think that kind of went alongside that element of patience, too. We 
gave ourselves a while to complete this record. And every day it was kind of like head down. Okay. Focus on the song. Let's make the songs as good as they can be. And then all the while we're, you know, throwing some of those DMS out going, Hey, you know, Spencer Chamberlain could say no to working on this song, but we're going to still reach out to see if he wants to, because that would be really sick. So, you know, we're like, the worst that could happen is they say no. Okay, great. You know, we'll hopefully find somebody else. And then we all kind of always had this back pocket plan of, well, if we run out of singers, we'll probably end up having to sing on a song. And and I think we were kind of prepared for that the whole time thinking, all right, around the corner, there's going to be no more singers left and we're going to finally have to sing a song. And that literally, <laughs> we got to that point like two weeks ago. We're working on literally our last song. We had a singer fall through really last minute, which, hey, it happens, man. Like it happens. But we made it work with him anyway. You know, it, 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 we thought it fell through and we, we were kind of scrambling. We're like, all right, let, we can sing this song. And anyway, it all worked out and we're glad it did. The, the songs are better for it. But at some point in the process, there's a question of like, well, now that we've committed to this format, do we do everything we can to stick to it? Or is there a transition in there somewhere? Do we maybe think more about, maybe we'll, we'll bring back some of our, our favorite singers and do like a three song EP kind of thing with like five different singers? Or do we transition into doing songs ourselves? Or do we just commit to it for better or worse and, and take our lumps and, and hope for the best, you know? And so, man, I, there's no, we, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> David, we are flying by the seat of our pants. Like it literally just started as let's just go to Justin's and, and and play around and make something cool. And we've just we've figured it out along the way. I'll also say this kind of this notion of collaboration and and seeing, well, maybe we'll get together and write with someone, or maybe we'll send someone this track and see if they want to be on it. That that's very much like a thing that's happened in the pop world and in the EDM world, but it's not happened so much in the rock world your, you know, heavy world or, or whatever you guys would classify yourselves as. Was that ever kind of a deliberate influence from like the pop and EDM world? Or was this just more kind of born out of, eh, <laughs> well, we'll uh, I, guess, I guess we're flying by the seat of our pants here. Or, you know, was it both? Or Personally, I don't, I don't, I never thought about it in those terms. It really was, just seemed like a crazy idea. You know, especially because, you know, there are artists in our genre who have done stuff similar to this, having an artist on every track, but they have their own front man or, you know, there's a band or an artist called Johnny Frank. His project is Bill Murray. <laughs> a couple of years ago or last year, he put out a record called Bill Murray and Friends. And he had he had an artist on every single track doing a feature, but he sings, right? That's like his his baby. And that's like a cool idea. So I think somewhere along the way, like, when we realized, oh shoot, no one's really done this before. We're going to have somebody sing an entire song. That's when I think the research started coming in. We're like, how, do, how does this work? How do you do that? How has it been done? Um, and we started kind of doing some of that research. But no, I think initially those things weren't like at least a, a conscious influence. But we've definitely taken some cues, I think, as we've tried to figure it out after committing to sort of the model, you know? And the difference between something like that Bill Murray project versus this is at least with Bill Murray, you know, he does sing. So there is that common element in every single song, which for us, the only common element is the instrumentation. So throughout this whole process, we're like, dude, is this going to sound just like totally whack with like a full different 
singer on every single song with no other like you know common vocal you know is, is that gonna be odd to listen to and i think what we came to the conclusion was was like we just need to establish our sound musically and we just like kind of came to terms with some things that we felt like should be it in every song you know that is kind of the one underlying reminder of you know, who is in the band at all times, which is EJ and I. And so for that, it just kind of came down to like a certain couple guitar tones, drum production that we really fell in love with. And, and, and even in some of our songs that are softer and prettier and more melodic, we made a point to reintroduce those elements. Even if it wasn't necessarily like a heavy song, we, we still inserted them just so it was like, okay, it does sound like 09, even though I don't, you know, this is a new singer to me kind of thing. Or for example, like our song Impermanence that we did with Malia Endress, it is so left field from some of the other tracks. Really heavy, like synth production and really mellow and, and emotional, but it crests in this like really crazy heavy riff that kind of brings it back to center. And you feel like, oh, the payoff there through this whole build was, was totally worth it and fits in the 09 universe, so to speak. It's definitely been something that we have been aware of the whole way. And there are, there are a lot of times where we say, what are we doing with this part or this this section of a song? And do we want to do that, but we're hesitating because it quote unquote doesn't fit? Or are we just doing what we want to do? So there's that element, but then there's the element of like, all right, what are we bringing to this track that we feel like we quote unquote have to bring to it? to like chance said ground our sound you know so there's there's being kind of aware of that every step of the way and trying to really make sure that our sound is really cutting through in all these songs but also not letting that like hold us back from playing around with stuff that we think is cool which i think every band struggles with and obviously we have the benefit of like not having done anything so we don't have any expectations from anyone but ourselves which is great. But but yeah, there's there's kind of riding that line and and being aware of both but not letting it hinder you, you know. I think it's worked out well. I you know, listened all 12 songs back to back on this record that we're finishing. 12 different singers and I'm obviously biased here guys, but you know, I listen to it and I say that sounds like us. Every one of these songs sounds like us. <laughs> so I hope that cuts through, you know, in an honest way when people hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Every song I've heard you guys put out, it still sounds like you, even though it's, you know, each track is their own flavor sort of a thing. I mean, again, kind of parallel to the to the EDM world. I mean, like every Odeza song has a different singer. Every Illinium song has a different singer. But, you know, every every one of those EDM artists, you know, has a thing that that shines through. And I think it's the same thing for you guys. Now, I don't think it's necessarily the right thing for every artist to just be like, well, I'll just collaborate and, and whatever. But like, you know, for you, it, it, it's working real well. We we like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> we, we hope so, you know. And I told this story the other day on a on a in an interview, but something Chris Ratzlaff said to me early on is just make what you want and don't expect anyone to ever hear it or like it. And that's like sounds kind of like defeatist, right? Like Justin's motto is like no small time, no small time in the studio. But I kind of started thinking things like that. Like if no one ever hears this and if, if, if no one ever likes this, will I care? And 
is that influencing how we're going about things right now? And so I've tried to keep that in mind of like, we are doing this for us and we are doing what we want to do and taking the right steps sort of ancillary to that and hoping it, it works out. But at the end of the day, if, if, if all we sort of ever achieve is we put out 12 awesome songs with 12 of our favorite singers, like I'm happy, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're happy. Yeah. No, I, I think that is, that, that was like such great advice from Chris. Just if all we're doing is trying to write music that we think other people will enjoy listening to, it is just kind of like a, a battle not worth fighting for us, you know, like just knowing that like at the end of the day, if EJ and I are the only people that hear this, are we going to enjoy it listening to it? And, and I'm not going to lie. Like I love so far, you know, I love popping this into my car and like cranking it as loud as it goes. And like, I, I think I will always like that, you know, it, it just, it reminds me of 2009. It represents what I loved about the scene and having again, some of our favorite singers ever on it at the same time. It's just, it's, it, it's like one part in this nostalgia and, and just satisfaction, you know, or just kind of a, just kind of like ties a bow on just how I felt about growing up in that music scene and, everything feels good there's an element of like of looking back and like we said earlier sort of honoring that time while still trucking ahead and and doing something that we hope is relevant somewhere you know and 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 modern and listen i'm i'm not the arbiter of like what's cool and what's not cool chance and i are 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 hitting 30 like (laughs) i don't know what's what anymore but hopefully that uh, it cuts through as something relevant but if not you know it checked all the boxes for Chancellor and I. <laughs> yeah. If you had just any kind of like one piece of advice for artists who are just starting to get their footing, what would you say? Well, I would say write the music that you like and not what you think other people are going to enjoy listening to. Like I mentioned earlier, I think that is huge because if what compels you to put out music is other people's appreciation, then that's always going to be fleeting and short-lived. But if you are creating something that drives you and inspires you to create more, then you have something to build on. And that's something you can always chase. Mm -hmm. Well, because music is a grind and you're going to need all the motivation you can get to get through some days. Yeah, totally. You know, there's so much in the back end and every artist talks about this, right? And this is why, I mean, the back end of, of the music business is so convoluted. And if you're an indie band, especially, not not to even mention if you're trying to do something like we are, which is a whole nightmare in and of its own. <laughs> but even if you're just doing it like the quote unquote traditional way, as things evolve with with social media and just all these different platforms we have to create and to consume like it's every year it's, it's, it's evolving so rapidly. It's a lot to wrap your head around and you have to be aware of those things. And I, listen, I, we haven't figured it out. So I can't sit here and say, you have to do this. You have to do that. But the big thing is just do your research. Obviously, like Chance said, you have to be making something you want to make. And I, I would encourage anyone who's, who's making music to find themselves a good producer, find themselves a good engineer, take their time, save the money to do it the right way. Always be creating at home, demo your stuff out, but I think there is a quote unquote right way as far as like producing the music and making something, you know, you only have one shot to hook somebody. So aside from just doing it the right way, do your research, you know, there's so much just, 
educate yourself and just read and watch watch videos and talk to your peers and and reach out to 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 bigger names in the industry and and just you know I was just talking with a a band in town that they were telling me their experience meeting one of their heroes and just grilled him for an hour just asking him like how how do you have health insurance <laughs> being in a touring band like things like that like just like so just educate yourself man and, and don't be afraid to ask the questions whether it's other artists or your peers or you know sitting here like this talking to you know a producer or whatever like ask the questions and and if there's one thing that this whole process has been a lesson in it's like definitely trust aside from the patience but i mean just you, you can't do it by yourself you have to rely on other people and for some people there's an element of pride that i think you can't some people can't get over or whatever but like you have to depend and rely on other people and trust them and on the flip side communicate with them and be honest with them you know you get 2 years down the rabbit hole of a record and you see why so many bands break up right it's hard and if if you aren't able to have some of those hard conversations even if you are it doesn't make it easy right so yeah, I don't know. That's a long-winded way of, of just saying like educate yourself and and be open. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on today. Really appreciate hearing that perspective. Real quick before we go, when is the album coming out? <laughs> <laughs> we would love to know. <laughs> the album will be done by the 5th of April. It will be done, mastered, in the bank. But there's a lot to do as far as getting the singles ready and getting a, a release plan in order our goal since our Indiegogo in December has been to have the album out late summer, early fall, which is broad, but you know, that's what we have our sights set on here. So some things take time to, to get going, but anyway, guys, thanks so much for coming on today and uh, we'll see you around. Mr. Olson, thank you for having us. Thank you, dude. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. So that's it for my conversation today with EJ and Chancellor of the band 09. Hope you got some cool ideas for how to really just grow relationships and view collaboration as a really cool tool for growing your music career and also just kind of having fun too. Real quick before we go, want to remind you about our brand new community we've put together. We want to get together, support each other as artists, as industry people. In general, community is super, super important for being able to grow and connect and all of that. But especially during this season where we're trying to figure out what does this transition back into the real world look like? We think it's going to be super, super critical to be able to connect with other artists in order to keep growing. So go ahead, sign up for a community. Just go to evergreenrecords.com community to sign up. But for now, that's it. And we will see you next week. Yeah.